Welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast on NewWorkRevolution.com. Take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution. Here's your host, Brandon Allen. All right, so I want to welcome everyone to the New Work Revolution podcast on NewWorkRevolution.com. This is your host, Brandon Allen, and I'm really excited about my show today. I've got a special guest, and I've got... Michael Alden, who's the author of a new book that's just recently coming out called 5% More. And uh, just for a little background on Michael, Michael has, uh, is the CEO of Blue Vase Marketing, which is a multi-million dollar marketing firm, Inc. 500, Inc. company. Uh, I don't know if it's a 500 or a 5,000, but it's on the Inc. list, so it's impressive regardless. Uh, also the recipient of Smart CEO Magazine's 2016 Future 50 Award, and a successful entrepreneur, podcaster, and blogger in his own right, as well as a speaker, and guest hosting on television, radio, and as as well, uh, podcasts throughout the country. His first book, Ask More, Get More, was a national bestseller, so I'm really excited to bring Michael on. So, Michael, welcome to the show. Brandon, thanks for having me on. really appreciate it. Awesome. Well, Michael... What did I miss here as I introduced you? What else do we need to know about Michael before we get started? <laughs> you know, we'll get into it, I guess we go. I think he did a great job. It was, it, was a, it was a fantastic introduction of me. All right. Well, good deal. So, so talk to me about 5% more. I love the concept. This is something that people who are listening to my podcast know uh, that I talk about quite a bit, and so I'm really excited to have you on. So where did 5% more come from? You know, I, I tell the story every time, and, it's, it's, and I still love telling it. It's kind of a fun story. Uh, a couple years ago, uh, I was in a spinning class, and I'm kind of a big guy, and I was in the spinning class, and, you know, if you've ever been in a spinning class, you've got the instructor in the front of the room, and they're there, you know, motivating you, trying to pump you up, and and whatnot. I got towards the end of the class and she says, look, she goes, we have five minutes left. And she says, for these, for these next five minutes, I want you to give me 5% more effort. She goes, if you give me this more effort, you're going to burn more calories. You're going to burn more fat. Your metabolic rate's going to increase. Your heart rate's going to increase. Your resting heart rate is going to increase. And ultimately, you're going to live a happier, healthy life. And then she said, Brandon, anybody can do anything Five percent more. I wanted to jump off the bike and start riding right then and there because it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I looked around the room and I know you know you looked at people different ages, races, ethnicities. You know there were some women in there that were pregnant. I remember and and nobody slowed down. In fact, people probably uh, gave more than five percent effort. And when I got off that bike, of course I wiped it down after. Right anyway, uh, when I got off that bike and, and went into my car, I started writing. I just first first of all I wrote five percent more down, and then I started. You know, writing down. Well, what if this applied? You know, to uh, athletes. You know, what would what, what would it look like if they were five percent faster, five percent stronger? What if it? What would your grades look like if you if you scored five percent higher in the SATs or in my in my circumstances in the LSATs when I was get, you know getting into law school or or what would your business look like if your salespeople just worked five percent harder or closed five percent more sales and and uh, it really kind of expanded from all those different things and the. The most exciting part about it, it's kind of what you said in the beginning, is, is that, and it also reiterates what the spinning instructor said, is that anybody can do anything 5% more. And that's what's so exciting about it. No matter what type of business you're in, whether it be your personal life or your professional life, it can be applied to virtually everything. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. I love it. So, so Michael, talk to me. When someone's reading this book, what what are they going to learn about themselves? What will they learn, you know, in terms of what to apply? What's what's the biggest 
principle that you feel like they'll get from from reading it? Yeah, you know, I'm a pretty simple guy, and and my first book was titled "Ask More, Get More," and a lot of people said to me, "Hey, Mike, you know, I I bought your book. I haven't even I haven't even read it yet, but just by the title itself." Uh, we're already asking for more and getting for more out of life. And the title itself in 5% More is almost the same way. The, the overarching theme of, the, of 5% More is, is, the, is really the title itself. And what I mean by that is, is that whatever part of your life, whether you're, again, whether you're in sales and you want to make a little bit more money, I show people that if you just give that little bit of extra effort – uh, and maybe spending a little bit more time with your customer, maybe uh, spending a little bit more time uh, researching your customers, maybe spending a little bit more time going out and getting new customers, spending a little bit more time uh, on your own closing techniques and, you know, or things like that. Um, that's really the overarching theme. It comes down to the, uh, what I like to call the 5% more mentality because I had people ask me, they say, well, well what if they're – you know, what if they're not salespeople? What if their 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 job is not necessarily quantifiable by a by a you know by a goal, and then whether they hit it or not? And, I, and my response to that is is that if you look at whatever job you're in, let's say you're a creative person, right? Let's say you're in an advertising firm, and, and, and you know your valuable final product is the ad. Well, you know, a lot of times, and I t- I talked about this a little bit in the book, is is that it's usually the last five percent where you get all your ideas. It's usually that last little extra effort where just that thing clicks. And, and by the way, science actually shows this as well. It's the way our brains work. And so what, what I would say to people is 5% more is a, is, a, is a way of life. It's mentality. But the best part about it, Brennan, is that it really does work for anybody because I see all these programs and I've seen them on you know, television. I see the books that are out there and the seminars and webinars and people are selling a dream. And, and I can get anybody fired up and when they leave the room and they still might be fired up for a little while. But at the end of the day, nobody can be 10 times better all the time. Nobody can be 100% on 100% of the time. But anybody can understand the concept of just getting a little bit better each and every single day. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love it. I love it. So walk me through this. What kind of a person is really going to resonate with this book most? Where is that person in their life that they're going to read this and this is going to be the catalyst that pushes them right to that next step? Um, great question. And, and, and uh, you know, I hate to keep going back to the to the, to the the theory or, or the, you know, of casting really kind of a wide net. And that's really what it is. But it will really resonate with anybody who wants more out of life tied back to almost my first book, ask more, get more, you know, see a lot of people, you know, they look at others and, and they, and they watch others grow and they can't really figure out why, you know, I talk a little bit about, you always hear activity versus accomplishment, right? I tell people say, look, whatever level you're playing at, in other words, let's say you are a, uh, you know, a, a, a new, uh, executive in a new company, maybe you're right out of right out of uh, right out of college, and you have a bunch of others in the same level they are at. So we'll just call you a mid-level executive, right? And you want to grow, and you want to you know succeed, and you want to excel. Well, what I say to people is, it's not it's not about being ten times better than everybody else or doing things a hundred percent a hundred percent of the time. It's about that true little extra effort. So if you want more. Whatever level you're, you're playing at, take a look at what everybody else is doing and do just a little bit more than they're doing. And that's the type of person that climbs the corporate ladder much faster than others. It's not the crazy amount of effort that people think. And then people say to me, well, Mike, well, that doesn't make any sense because I have friends that are lawyers 
and they and they and you know they're there at nine in the morning and they don't get home till midnight every single night. And I say, well, yeah, that's the case. But if you look at other lawyers doing the same exact thing, they're also working that hard. It's the ones who work just a little bit harder that climb the the ladder quicker and then become you know a, a partner and then an equity partner just by working a little bit harder. Gotcha, gotcha. So if if I'm looking at at this and I'm and I'm listening to it. Applying just the little principle of 5% more, this is something that's easy to understand. People hear it. They, it makes sense. Uh, what gets in their way? What keeps people from just doing a little bit more? Well, the first thing, you know, I'm a pretty simple guy. My first book is all simple strategies and techniques, and, and a lot of this stuff in, in 5% more is simple and easy. And a lot of people, they really say, well, I, I get that. I can do that. What, what's holding people back is one basic fundamental thing that holds a lot of people back, and that is action. Okay, so you can read my book. You can buy my book, and you can sit on your counter, or you can sit on your kitchen table. But if you don't read it and actually apply what we're talking about, you're never going to get anywhere in life. So what I say to people is, look, read the book. And then apply it. And here's the thing. And again, I talk a little bit about the science. I'm not a science guy, but, but the scientific community agrees with me, and I talk a lot about the science in the, in, in, the, in the book, that our brains, our bodies, our physiologies are not wired in a way that, uh, where we should be going 100%, you know, 100% of the time. It just doesn't work. We will burn out. And that's, you see that in the diet industry. It happens all the time. But our, 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 our brains are, in fact, wired to grow and modify over time until it becomes habit. You know, there's a great book called The Power of Habit, and, and uh, you know, that's an amazing book. I talk a little bit about that in my book. But take those small steps. Don't go 100% in because you will crash and burn, and it's a fact. But if you want more, let's just do a little bit more than what you did the day before. And then let's look at what you did today, and maybe let's do a little bit more tomorrow. And then the next day, let's do a little bit more until you get to the point where it doesn't make any sense. Now, if you actually look at, look at the real numbers of that, you know, especially from a sales perspective, if you're doing truly 5% more uh, each day, depending on, depending on how you compound it, you could look at a, probably a 40, 50, 60, even 100% increase on your productivity just by applying a 5% more mentality over time. I like that. So obviously this has worked in your life, and I'm sure you probably have some examples in the book or, or things that uh, you've observed. So what are, what are, what's another example that you can give my listeners to really make this process tangible and concrete uh, of someone who's really lived that 5% more life to achieve the goals that they've wanted to achieve? Sure. I, you know, I speak here and there, and I spoke at Comcast a, a couple years ago. And before I spoke, I wanted to I, I spoke to the to the managers and the executives over there, and I, and I spoke to uh, over I think close to 500 door-to-door salespeople. Comcast, a big part of their revenue still today, is actually truly from door-to-door uh, salespeople. You know, going out, knocking on doors, rain, shine. No matter, doesn't matter how hot it is. It doesn't really tornado. They're out knocking on doors and they're making sales. Okay. And so I looked at what their life was like, and they averaged about 50 doors a day. So they knocked on 50 doors a day. And I said to them, Well, what if you knocked on just five percent more doors a day? What would that look like to your bottom line, to, to you personally? And that's just 2.5 more doors a day. And what that actually translated to them, uh, if we took their commissions and everything remained the same, because mathematically the, just the numbers just work based off of their closing percentage and things like that, 
over time, if they did that and just knocked on a, a 2.5 extra doors a day, which is about another maybe 10 minutes in their overall day, okay, they would, uh, their bottom line would increase by $6,250. You know? And then, so I, that was about uh, almost a year and a half ago when I spoke there. I was in a grocery store, and one of the, uh, one of the guys came up to me. He happened to me in my hometown. He says, Mike, you know, when you, when you said this, it, it just seemed so simple. And he goes, but I did it. But not only did I do it. I'm now knocking on five doors a day, six doors a day, seven doors a day, and I'm making so much more money just by that simple principle of what you said. And and I and you know I actually it's funny I don't I didn't really know him, but we actually lived in the same neighborhood. I grew up in the projects, and I didn't realize that we were all we were, we were actually in the same neighborhood. And it really really made me feel good because it just proved the concept, uh, you know, outside of what my own life is like. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, so let's. Here's, here's something that's coming up for me, and, and I want to talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a quote, and I can't remember who said it, and I'll just paraphrase it, but you know, most people underestimate how long things will take in the short term, but they overestimate how long things will take in the long term to achieve when it comes to goals, right? Mm-hmm. So the 5% more, this comes from a place of you know, the fact that I think sometimes people underestimate the effort, you know, especially in entrepreneurship, which is a space that I work in, sure. people don't recognize and realize how really hard it is to uh, really get something off the ground. Like if you've seen the movie The Social Media, I mean, it makes it sound like, uh, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, overnight just created something called the Facebook and, right. and then away you go. But it's never really that simple. But at, at, at another level, at what level do we need to stop thinking about more and maybe re-examine what we're doing altogether? Uh, you know, not putting more effort into something that maybe isn't a winner to begin with. Do you do you touch on that? I do, and, and you know, and that's a great question. And that does come down to really the the understanding, especially as an entrepreneur, of the self awareness. You need to be self aware of what you're doing. You know, that that classic quote of you know, of, uh, you know doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result is is truly the definition of insanity. And I think that people can be. Well, first of all, let me back up for a second. You talked about the entrepreneur, right? Being an entrepreneur like us, is not everybody is cut out to being an entrepreneur. And when, when people see how hard I work and probably see how hard you work, they say, man, you're working so much harder than me or you're working so much harder than everybody else. But that may be the case against general society. But as an entrepreneur – and whatever business you're in, you have to work that hard. So the baseline may be higher against everyone else in the greater community, but as an entrepreneur against another entrepreneur, you're, you know, you're still just working your ass off. So that's, that's the way it is. That's the life we chose. We work hard, and the reward's great. You know, so, so, so that's, that, you know, I want people to understand that you, know, you, you, have to, you have to work hard in whatever it is. Now, you know, the, the other thing about uh, you know, what we talked about is, is just kind of, you know, spinning your wheels, right? You know, is at what point does it become, you know, where it doesn't make any sense? And that does come down to your own personal self-awareness. And I talk a little bit about thinking just a little bit differently than everybody else in the, in the book and thinking about, yeah, what, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? And, and should I modify my thought process just a little bit? We go, maybe we just, if we're going straight, let's maybe veer to the right a little bit because that's probably the best way to go. And, and when you're able to think like that and open your mind just a little bit more, things start to change. You know, it's like that classic thing of just being outside of your comfort zone just a little bit. Nobody likes it. I don't like it. 
and you know, and I speak in front of people all the time, and everybody gets a little bit nervous, and sometimes it's a little bit uncomfortable. Um, but you have to do that, and you have to open your mind just a little bit more. So if you are an entrepreneur and you're spinning your wheels and things aren't working, it does come down to that basic self-awareness. Let's step back for a second, and I talk about this as well. Let's do less. Let's do less than what we're doing. And people say, well, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. Again, the science proves this. We're in this we're living in this world where we're multitasking everything. You know, we get we get the cell phones, we get the iPads, we get the you know, the the smart TVs and you know, our, our cars now are we're able to text. We got all these different things. Email is still a, a big thing and we're doing all these things, we're multitasking and I do it as well. But the science shows if you do less and focus on the task at hand a little bit more you will actually accomplish a lot more. So let me say that again. Do less, but you focus on the task at hand a little bit more, you will accomplish more. And, and, I, ta- and I, I specifically reference several studies that show multitasking actually slows you down. So as an entrepreneur, we're always trying to do more stuff, right? Uh, and I look, I, I, and I do as well, but I also focus on, like right now, my main focus, and I have multiple businesses, I'm spending a majority of my time on what we're doing right now, and that's my book, okay? Because it's important to me, it also is important to my company, it's important to the people that work for me and their families, and it's also important to the greater community, because if I sell a bunch of books, we're able to do, to do a lot of great things. So I'm focusing right now on this task at hand. Now, throughout the day, I'm doing other stuff as well. But these next three hours, because i got a bunch of interviews lined up, I'm focusing on just this. Right. Yeah, that's great. I like that because people do fall that victim to that, hey, I'm going to go wide and narrow versus going or, – or wide and shallow versus going narrow and deep. And yeah. uh, I think people undervalue uh, that process. So I want to go back to self-awareness because I think this is so important. What are some things or, or what are some things that might come up for someone as they're – creating that self-awareness for themselves and they're thinking about an activity, hey, should I put more into this? You know, is this a, is this a winning hand? Is this a losing hand? What are some maybe, what are some stop signs that people might encounter during that process that would help them know, hey, it's time to redirect your efforts somewhere else? Well, you know, I always hear people uh, talk about dreaming, right? A lot of people, especially entrepreneurs, they dream, Okay. I tell people that dreaming is for sleeping. Let's, let's set realistic goals, short-term goals. I like to call them 5% micro goals. Okay? Let's set them on a daily basis so that way you can, you can go back and you can do that self-assessment on a daily basis. So too many people set these long-term goals or they set these stretch goals or these goals, you know, where are you going to be in one year? Where are you going to be in five years? Where are you going to be in 10 years? I have no idea and I don't think about it, but what I do think about is today, tomorrow, and maybe even the next day because those are easy, quantifiable, uh, attainable, realistic things that anybody can understand. And I think a lot of people get caught up in the, in the, the overwhelming uh, fear or the overwhelmingness of just being you know, who they want to be in five, ten years rather than focusing on, let me get to that person, but I need to do that on a daily basis. And so when you wake up in the morning and, you, and you've trained your brain, that, you know what, I, I have a goal today, here it is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work towards it, and by the way, if I don't get to it, the next day, I give myself a little dialogue about why I didn't get to it, and let's figure out why I didn't get to it, and let's try and accomplish that goal. So I think that that's a lot of people um, dream too much. Again, I tell people, stop dreaming. Let's start thinking big. You want to think big, that's fine. Think big and break it down into small, again, 5% micro goals. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love that. I love that. So as, as someone who runs an organization, and I've got a lot of people who listen to this podcast who are running teams, who are looking for ways to run their teams more effectively, how do you present this concept in a way that doesn't make people feel like, you know what, Michael's just trying to get me to do more shit uh, that I don't want to be doing. How do you present this in a way that really uplifts your team? Because that's something that I think would really be of value to our listeners sure. is to hear how you approach this with your own team. Well, first of all, if you have people on your team that are going to push back because you want them to be more efficient, I would get rid of them real quick. Okay, I mean, uh, I mean, you don't want people that are on your team that aren't willing to put in the effort, that aren't willing to grow, that aren't willing, that don't have that in, internal drive. So if you have people like that, let's let's just set them free, so to speak, and bring people in and work with people that that are that are passionate in whatever business that you're in. So what we what I like to do, and I do it in my own business, I say, look, you know. You know, I've met with efficiency experts, and I've you know been in a million sales trainings and how to set goals and all these other things. What I say is, look, you know, and I've said it a bunch of times, but let's just work on getting a little bit better. And when we get a little bit better, as a, as a human being, our brain is able to to register that and say, hey, you know what, man, I did, I you know, I spent just a little bit more time with my customers yesterday, and I made you know another you know. 30% in commissions or whatever it is. Wow, that, you know, that works. And, and maybe it didn't work that day as well. That's also another great thing because you say, all right, well, let me reevaluate. It's kind of what you were talking about earlier. Let me maybe think a little bit differently about how to approach that. And let's do it, on a, again, on a smaller level. So we're not, you know, when I, when I motivate people, you know, we're in a sales-driven organization and this entire world is driven by sales. So many people don't realize that. I tell people, I tell moms and dads, I said, look, when you, when you wake up in the morning and you're getting your kids ready for school, you're, you're selling them on why they should get, get out of bed and get dressed and get their lunch ready and do their homework or whatever. Everybody's in sales. So let's just recognize that we're all in sales. So I say, look, let's get a little bit better and you will feel better. You will be more productive. And at the end of the day, you will make more money. I tell people, forget about dollars and cents first in your bank account. Let's get a little bit better every day and let's increase what I like to call your net worth. And people say, when they think about net worth, they think about dollars and cents in their bank account and you know, houses and all these other things. I say, no, let's work a little bit harder in increasing your net worth. And what I mean by that is as you get better slowly, it actually happens really fast when you compound on it. But when we start slowly and start compounding on it, your net worth as an employee or even as an entrepreneur or business owner starts to increase because you become more valuable to your, to your clients and you also become more valuable to the people that you're working for because you have now become more efficient and, again, more valuable. And then what happens is your net worth increases. So that's how I approach things and say, look, I'm not trying to push you – uh, you know, to you know, here's the thing too. I, I know this is a long-winded answer. It drives me crazy when organizations try and sit down with their people and say, "Okay, let's take a look at what you did last month." And so, let's say you did, I don't know, just a simple number. Let's say you did a thousand dollars in sales last month. Whatever. Okay. Well, we want you to do two thousand now. That's so fucking unrealistic to tell somebody <laughs> to increase their sales by a hundred percent. It's not real. But if I said Okay, you did a thousand. All right, let's do you know maybe uh you know a thousand fifty. And they're like, well, now it, it, people say, well, Mike, that's that's not much. And I say, I know it's not a lot, but you know what will happen? They will do much greater than a thousand fifty. They might even do twelve hundred. And then the next month we say, hey, you did twelve hundred. We asked you to do a thousand fifty. Let's do you know thirteen hundred. And then as again, it, and it just works. And the people always. 
see, they feel better when they hit their goal, and they feel better when they exceed their goal. But if you give them a whacked-out goal that they're never going to hit, they're going to be disenfranchised, they're going to be pissed off, and they're never going to be successful for you. So let's set the small goals so that you can set them up for success. Yeah, that's funny. I felt like you were talking about my my very first corporate job that I worked in for nine years. You know, we we would hit a profit plan, and then basically what they would do is punish the people who hit goals by giving them really aggressive goals, but then also uh, placate the people who didn't hit goals by giving them a small, more maybe marginal bump or or keeping their profit plan the same. And I always used to laugh at that because they would be like, "Hey, this this is a little bit aggressive." You know, that's how they would. They would couch it for us. It's right. just a little bit more aggressive, and, and I would look at it and think, uh, it doesn't look aggressive. It almost looks impossible. But the worst thing I think we ever did in those situations, too, for really high achievers um, who would, who would you know, bleed, uh, in, before, bleed to death before they missed a goal was to hit those goals because right. then it reinforced that terrible behavior uh, that, that companies would put out there and just blow people out of the water, but the wrong people – had a really hard time really dealing with that. So I, I love that you brought that up because I think too often, you know, people are faced with goals that uh, just are not, you know, they, they're just such a hard, big jump from where they were at before. It just seems almost impossible. You know, the thing too, I want, I'm glad you, uh, yeah, because again, you've seen it before. I mean, I have friends that work at big companies and they, you know, they're, they're sales guys and they say, you know what, I did you know, a million dollars in sales, you know, last month and now they want me to do two. And I'm like, it's fucking crazy. Like, why? You know, but, but it's like, it just doesn't make any sense, you know, to, to, to people. And, and again, it really, like you, like you said, it really makes people feel bad. And, 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 and you know, the other part, though, is, is we t- you kind of touched upon is they set these big time stretch goals. And they say, look, man, you did a million dollars last month. If you do two million, you're going to make this amount. But two million is so unrealistic that you're never going to hit it. You might come close. You're always going to have salespeople that are going to be better than everybody else, just they're inherently, naturally more gifted uh, than everybody else. But I want you to think about this. If you took everybody, you take the outliers, right, the top guys, and you take the bottom guys, and you give them a goal of 5%, and you say, look, I want you to do 5% more than what you did last month. That's it. I want you to do 5% more. And then you spread that out across the entire organization. Everybody's going to hit that goal, and everybody's going to exceed that goal, and you will probably increase your profit margin significantly as it, it, uh, prior. Excuse me, you would probably increase your, your profit margin much greater than you would if you had set unrealistic goals for the people uh, at the top. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Does it make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, totally yeah. makes sense. That's great. All right, so a couple, couple more quick questions here. So uh, when you first started out, and and you were getting to that point of, of really building success, where did you find motivation? How did you motivate yourself uh, to, to get to where you are now? How did that start? You know, I think it started for me as a, at a very young age. In my first book, one of the first lines I said, I said, thank God I was born poor, you know, because I remember what it was like to be that kid growing up in the projects who would wake up in the morning and there wasn't milk in the refrigerator for my cereal or, or I stood in the separate line in elementary school, middle school, and high school because my lunch was subsidized by the state. I had to give them a, you know, this little voucher in front of everybody else. I remember what it was like when the Salvation Army would come to my home on Christmas and Thanksgiving and subsidize our Thanksgiving. And, and, and it's not a good feeling, you know, so that was kind 
kind of where it all started with me. I said, you know, I need to figure out a way to get out of this. You know, so then I started doing things as a classic entrepreneur. I'm sell, you know, selling lemonade on hot days, or I had a paper route, or I had a, you know, I mowed lawns and I did all these other things. So I've always kind of had that internal motivation to be to be better. And and, and I think that, uh, you know. You know, when people say, "Well, how did it happen?" And in fact, I have you know family members that are that are that have passed away from from overdoses. I have you know kids that I grew up with in jail for life from murder. And people say, "Well, Mike, what makes you so different? You know, what did you do versus everybody else?" And it goes back to almost the five percent more mentality. When I look back on it, is that I truly just thought a little bit different than everybody else. I just wanted more, I, and it's not wanting more as in like a greed thing. I just wanted the first thing I want to do is like I wanted to. No longer wake up in the morning, have to worry about whether or not my mom's car, my mom's, my, there's my accent, whether or not my mother's car was, was uh, going to be repossessed because that happened multiple times. I just wanted the, the, the little things first. And then I said, well, okay, well, I, I did this or I, you know, I graduated high school barely and then I got into co- college barely, but then I, then I grew on that. I graduated college and went to law school. So I took all these other steps. I just always wanted a little bit more and it's not a greed thing it comes down to wanting more out of life and out of yourself and so people always say to me mike i need you to talk to this kid because you know he's just going down the wrong path and i'll talk to that kid and i do it all the time i speak to i love speaking to kids you know but at some point internally you have to do it yourself nobody else can do it yourself and so what i say to people is is if if you can't if you haven't found your way if you don't have that internal drive it's not that it isn't there you just need to find it and so not to just truly you know give a hundred percent you know pitch on my book there are a lot of great books out there that i read as a young child not a young child but as a young man that motivated me and by the way i didn't believe any of this bullshit i didn't believe in the power of positive thinking i thought it was just made up stuff that people just want to make you feel good about and it doesn't work well the power of positive thinking uh, is, is a great book, first of all, and, and, it, and it's something that's real, but there's a lot more to it. So if, if, if you're looking for something, I say to people, go out and get a good book. Go to your library. You know, even watch, watch an uplifting documentary. I mean, if you have Netflix, Tony Robbins just released a free, uh, free, uh, a free um, movie on Netflix about you know, his life and behind the scenes. So that's kind of the first thing that I would say to people. If you haven't found it, it's out there. Just go out and buy it. Just first of all, just buy a book. And by the way, so many people are like, oh, I'm not a reader. I'm not a reader either. I, I, you know, I just in law school, I read everything, not because I enjoyed it, because I had to, you know. And so, um, go get a book and start there, and you'll find it from there. Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, you know, I was listening to a, 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 a Joe Polish and Vern Harnish talk. Uh, on the I Love Marketing podcast, and Vern Harnish said something that was interesting about reading, and he said, uh, people who don't read are no better off than people who can't. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I, when he said that, I thought, oh, my God, that is, <laughs> you know, there, there's a lot of truth to that, right? And and uh, so, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I love that. So, yeah, it's, it's um, the, um, I'm sorry, I mean to cut you yeah, it's, it's, it's the classic, you know, and I, I don't know Joe that well, but I know, I know I'm very close with Dean Graziosi, a friend of his, but, you know, yeah. it's, you know, it's the to know and not to do is not to know type thing. You've heard that. You've heard that before. And in fact, when you talk about reading, I t- actually talk about, and I was talking about this yesterday as well on another podcast. But in my book, I talk about what a child's life would look like if the parents just read to them a little bit more. And there's actual hard scientific data out there. And then people say, well, what if English is the second language? What if the parents can't read because that happens all the time. So now that now you got this child who really has no other options, literally like, you know, from zero to five, well, what do you do? 
Then there's a study called the Hart Ridley study, and they talk about what a child's life will look like, not only if you read to them a little bit more, but if you just talked a little bit more in the household, talk to your child, talk to your spouse, and just talk to others. So many people aren't even talking to, or to in, in a household. They're just watching TV or they're on their phone or they're doing whatever. If you just talked a little bit more and there's hard scientific data. I actually interviewed the, 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 uh, one of the directors of an organization called Reach Out and Read, and she's the one who showed me this, this study called the Hart Ridley Study. It's that simple. Just talking a little bit more can one will 100% give your child more of an opportunity uh, than they've ever had before if you actually just talk to them. It's amazing. And I get so passionate about it because, you know, just because I was that kid. And, and my mother, you know, talked to me. I mean, and, you know, and my mother was a big reader and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, 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 it, it, it warms my heart, but it also makes me sad at the same time because so many people just don't even talk in the house. They don't, and they don't read to their kids. And it's, and, it's, and it's sad, but you can. And even if you can't read, just talk to your children more in whatever language you speak. Absolutely. That's great. I like that. So one more question here for me, technology tools, anything that you use to help you with the 5% uh, goal, what, what, what stuff helps you? Any, anything you use to support you in that? Yeah. You know, I think technology is great. And, and, you know, I'll give you, just as you, as you were talking about that, one of the things, and I posted this on my Instagram and Twitter pages and, you know, uh, I'm a big guy and I, and I just, uh, you know, I was a year ago, I was 272 pounds. I played college football. The heaviest I even was in college football, I was 245. And now I'm up down, probably down to like closer to 240. And, and I got on that scale and it was really disheartening. But I said, I need to make a change, and I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to wholesale just start eating boiled chicken and broccoli or what have you. So what can I do? So I set a goal of, hey, let's just walk a little bit more, okay? Let's um, eat, try and eat just a little bit better. I'm still going to screw up. I'm still going to have an ice cream with my daughter or what have you. But as far as technology, one of the things that I got, which is the, the best thing ever, is a Fitbit. Now, now, almost all of, all of our phones have uh, these tracking devices on us, that, the, essentially these pedometers. But I got a Fitbit, and what the Fitbit does, or all this technology does, is it makes you more accountable. And so when I look at the Fitbit, and you know, I don't have it on right now, but I would look at it, and I would say, oh, shit, I, you know, my goal for the, for the, for the day is 10,000 steps. And Brandon, if I didn't hit those 10,000 steps, my girlfriend goes crazy because I would literally be walking around my house until I would hit the 10,000 steps, because that's the goal that I set for myself uh, for, the, uh, for that particular day. And so it made me more accountable. And so and, and when you look at that, or even uh, when we talk about efficiency, I, I ask people a lot of questions about efficiency. These phones now, you know, everyone knows they're not phones anymore. They're, they're mini computers, and they can make you more efficient. And so, um, you know, Gary V actually talks about, he, he, does, he only uses his phone. He doesn't even use a computer. So I think that technology, when used properly, can make you more efficient. And I think that's also one very important key to success in whatever you're doing is, is, you know, back to that activity versus accomplishment thing. Let's use our technology to become more efficient. You know, I'll tell you one more quick thing. I interviewed um, in, uh, Tom Patterson of, of a company called Tommy John, uh, and he, I heard him on Howard Stern. He actually ended up endorsing my book as well. And he, he told me this great story. Uh, and I said, you know, what do you do, Tom, to become more efficient? And he gave me this great, great example. He said, Mike. From 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., I declare bankruptcy on my email. So what do you mean by that? He goes, from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., I do not read or respond to email. 
And I was like, man, what? Like, how, do you, how, how can you do that? He says, look, if people really need to get a hold of me, they can get a hold of me. But I focus on the important stuff during the day, the tasks that I need to get done so that I can grow my business. So he, in a way, he's almost kind of going the opposite direction with technology, but he does use it in a way that says, look, just hold on for a second from, from 9 to 5. Let me get what I need to get done, and I'll respond to you later. And I've got to be honest. It drives me crazy sometimes when I email him, and he doesn't get back to me until you know, 6 o'clock at night. But it works for him. So technology uh, is something that we should use, we should embrace. Um, and, uh, and there's so many th- – I mean, I mean, look at these apps, right? I mean, I, there's, there's a bazillion apps out there. So whatever you're doing, there's an app out there that's going to make you better, <laughs> right? So yeah, that, that's absolutely. what I mean. yeah. All right, good. Well, Michael cool. – what did I miss? What, uh, what pearl, what nugget, um, what did I miss? Anything that, that you've got to make sure that listeners understand and know about what your book is about? Yeah, you know, I don't think you missed anything. I think you did a great job uh, asking, me, asking me these questions. I, I'm, I'm excited to be on. And, and again, I think it, the overarching theme is, it goes back to the, from the very beginning of what we said when I was in that spin class. And this, this is not only just my opinion, science actually agrees with me, is, is that anybody can truly do anything 5% more and then compound on that over time and achieve whatever results they want. And the cover of the book, I talk about extraordinary results. It doesn't have to be extraordinary results. It can be whatever you want it to be. You know, people ask me, like, how do you define success? And I define success quite simply. It's whatever you want it to be. So if you want to be successful in any part of your life, one of the first things you need to do is take those steps. But don't take giant steps. Let's take baby steps and climb that mountain over time, and then you will eventually get to the top. Yeah, I love it. So, uh Michael, where can they find your book? Where where can they where can they get more information about your book? So right now the book is available everywhere. It's on BarnesandNoble.com. It's on Target. It's on Books a Million. It's on uh, you know Amazon. You can go to my website. It's Michael-Alden.com. You can also find me on Instagram. It's at Mike Alden 2012. Same thing for Twitter at Mike Alden 2012. My Facebook page is backslash the Alden Report. So again, I, I just. I want to thank you for having me on. And for those that are listening, you know, go out, get the book, and I will guarantee you that your life will change just by reading even just the first few chapters. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So you guys, uh, everyone who's listening, you guys have heard me talk about this. You don't have to take a quantum leap to get a quantum result. A series of small steps, or in this case, just 5% more can make a tremendous impact when we look at the body of work that we can do every day. Um, but the biggest thing is we've got to make that consistent. We've got to plug into that and make sure that we're making that commitment to ourselves every single day. So, uh, Michael, again, I want to thank you for being on the show. Uh, guys, if, you, if, if you're listening to this you, you, and you enjoyed the, the program, you enjoyed the podcast, you got a lot of value out of it, please share it. Uh, social media, email, uh, you know, anywhere you can and let other people know about this, especially if, if there's someone that you feel like, hey, they really need to hear this 5% message. So, uh, again, this is uh, Brandon Allen from the New Work Revolution podcast here on NewWorkRevolution.com. I am signing off. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the New Work Revolution podcast on NewWorkRevolution.com. Until next time, take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution.